Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Hi guys, this is Jen Fairbairns, and welcome to the One Year No Beer podcast. Our guest today is Ali Ruff-Farrow, and she is the wellness director at Psychologies Magazine and a regular contributor to the OYMB blog. She's also written a book, The Wellfulness Project, which was published now in March 2020. Ali is passionate about combining Western sciences of psychology, neuroscience, and coaching with the Eastern philosophies of meditation, mindfulness, and yoga to cultivate true holistic wellness in body and mind. After writing an article for OYMB on attending a wedding sober, Ali herself gave up alcohol for over a year. In this episode, Ali tells how ditching alcohol opened up a world of curiosity and self-discovery. We talk about the true meaning of mindfulness and the importance of kindness and how to deal with judgment. Grab a seat and get ready to feel zen. Please welcome Ali Roth Farah. Welcome, Ali Roth Farah. Gorgeous girl. <laughs> it feels a little bit like it feels a little bit like you're one of us. You've been with us for right here for, for some time, haven't you? You. I feel like I'm home. I went to a um, to a festival in London a, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Liverpool, London, and I didn't realise that you'd have a stand there. And I honestly like lost he <laughs> went there obviously but I ran over and I was like oh my god it's, it's, it's my people and um it was so lovely I just spent like yeah ages chatting to the girls there and it was just amazing to see because obviously so much of what you do is online and obviously what my I contribute is all online and it was just so lovely to meet people and to see you know obviously meet people that work for one year no beer but also see people coming up and interacting face to face it was just amazing I just always love that with psychologies as well who I also write for I just love like meeting readers and it's really special when you meet people face to face and you see who it's actually impacting and I know that one year no beer has so many people I mean just going on the Facebook group is just oh I love reading it's just so inspiring it's one of the most inspiring I think communities online that I've ever. That is so nice to hear. That's so lovely to hear. Um, Thank you. It's we we love what we do, and we're very we're very proud and protective of our tribe. We know it's all good energy. You know, we're very um, kind of protective of that because that that's what it's all about. And I mean, that's very much what you are about the the mindfulness, the positivity, and stuff. So, just to let us let our um, let our uh, listeners know, a lot of you who have been reading our stuff throughout the years will have read a lot of Ali's stuff. She's an incredible writer. And I think it was when you were writing about going sober on a wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so tell us, start, start there. What, what happened after that? <laughs> Where it all began, really. I think I, 
Because right at the beginning, um, it was all very, you know, I, I was completely new to, to not drinking. Well, I just finished my yoga teacher training and that had given me an insight as to kind of thinking very deeply about what, how my lifestyle reflected my values. And that's where all of this really began. And then um, literally a couple of weeks after I got home, you know how things just kind of happen, like they're invited into your life and you're like, where did this come from? Because um, I can't remember even who it was, but someone got in touch with me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is fascinating. So I think I wrote one or two things just about like the science of alcohol or whatever. And then I was like, look, I'm going to have to really give this a proper go now. So, I, you know, to know what I'm talking about, because that, that's how I write, you know, I really have to, to live it. So I thought, right, well, I've got a wedding coming up. I'm going to go alcohol free. And I'll just do that and I'll just see how it goes. And I have barely drunk a drop of alcohol since then. And it was like, amazing. Um, it just, I, I never decided that I was going to stop drinking. It was just this daily thing. And I kind of loved that it became that because I never said I'm going to stop drinking alcohol forever or, or even for an amount of time. The way I kind of did it was every day and sometimes every moment, you know, that decision, do I want to have a drink right now or do I want to have a drink today? And the answer was always no. And the longer I didn't drink for, the longer, you know, the more I kind of felt that way. I was like, why on earth would I want to drink when I've got all of these amazing, I've experienced all of these amazing benefits from not drinking. And the journey that I went on and the lessons I learned just from not drinking honestly changed my life and changed who I am, honestly. So, so yeah, and it all started writing for One Year No Beer. I love this so much. It's just, it's, it's incredible. But also having, having that discovery, I mean, you've, you've been writing for quite some time before that, you know, you, you write for Psychologist magazine, which is incredible. Um, you have a degree in psychology. And, and so, you know, you have all that experience. And then so this, this just kind of took a different, you never know what's going to happen, right? But this is kind of. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I mean, the experiences that you, I do believe that, you know, you know, some, we like to have goals in life, don't we? But over the past few years, really, I've just kind of let life just take me on its own journey. And yeah, things like this happen where you get introduced, you know, many people listening to this would have found one, you know, beer in one way or another, maybe through a friend, maybe through reading something online, maybe through searching for something, you know, if you're looking to do it, but you find it. And then, you know, there would have been a time mm. in our life where we would never have thought that giving up alcohol would be something that we would want to do or could do and that's one thing that I've really found talking mm. to other people about this they go oh I could never do that and I just every time I say don't underestimate yourself you know yeah this is, it's a yes it's a big thing to do but it's amazing and you can mm. you can prove so much to yourself just through not drinking and prove who you are and what you're capable of um, and yeah amazing. it's just funny how these things come up in life and take you on a off on a tangent that you never thought you'd go down. So it's yeah. I mean, so so on top of being a journalist um, and an incredible writer, you are a certified yoga teacher on a on a high level, um, and you are studying. To, you are becoming a mindfulness mindful mindfulness teacher for stress yes. and chronic yeah. pain. I mean, has this all come after you decided to have a break from alcohol? Or was this something that was kind of in the beginning before? Tell me a little bit about your story. It's great to hear all about when you're in a beer, but tell me a bit more about you, how you've ended up where you are now and where it kind yeah. of all begun. Yeah. So I 
yeah, I guess with psychology at uni, that was really fascinating. So I've always been really interested in in human psychology and the brain and, you know, how, you know, neuroscience sounds really boring, but actually is fascinating. We think about how habits are formed and neural pathways and stuff. That's all really connected to psychology, um, to obviously psychology, but also mindfulness. So that's how those two things kind of come together. But it started with the psychology degree. And I graduated in about 2009, which is obviously when we had our big recession. And I fell out of college, of, of university and straight into a job in finance. It was a, a really good job. It was, it paid really well. And everyone around me kind of couldn't get work. So I just thought, yep, yeah, go for it. Brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. I've that thing of you know success and we have to be achieving as soon as we finish uni but I hated it it had nothing to do with psychology I was terrible I mean I'm not terrible at maths but economics I've never done anything to do with you know studied anything to do with economics and I just found myself feeling really kind of um low and lost really unhealthy in body and mind you know even I, I was the gym and being really healthy but it was all for the wrong reasons you know to be skinny you know in your early 20s you really care about stuff like that and um I remember I I did this thing called the Dukan diet which is all about eating protein and meat I'm a vegan now (laughs) 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 so I was doing you know and and going out drinking in finance is something that you know has a really big drinking culture like I remember going out for lunch and everyone staying out all day after lunch and just like everyone getting drunk and misbehaving to the point where my boss was acting really inappropriately inappropriately towards me and so that created an awful atmosphere of work and I just felt you know I just wasn't living in alignment with who I was what I believed in what I enjoyed and what my interests were and so I decided you know I have to I don't care how much money I could make in the future nothing is worth feeling like this so I decided to to quit my job. I saved up for another year, stuck at it, saved up for a year, quit my job and interned. Um, going back to square one, I felt like I was really old, but I was only 25. But at the time I felt ancient next to all of these 18 years. Um, yeah, it was good because it put me through, you know, I, I didn't get paid for a year interning, but I, yeah, I got through to the end of that year and um, found myself with a job at Psychologies Magazine which aligned perfectly with my degree, obviously. And ever since then, I just feel like I've just been on this, yeah, this, uh, you know, journey, just doing things, finding things that I enjoy. So initially I was right, I was interning at fashion magazines and stuff. And all that's really interesting because it's creativity and art and everything. But I just felt like I there was more. So then I started writing about, yeah, things to do with psychology, lifestyle. Um, a lot of the things that I write about for um, One You Know B, you know, these really interesting kind of like, ways to live your life better and from there I started interviewing people like Deepak Chopra, Gabriel Bernstein, um, John Kabat-Zinn who is the kind of western leader of mindfulness and they just inspired me so much and I decided that I wanted to be some you know I wanted to kind of learn this stuff and, and share it with others as well so I decided to go and do my yoga teacher training I decided to go and do my mindfulness teacher training and yeah the mindfulness has taken a long time um I'm at the I'm finished I just take need to kind of do my final um sign off with it really which I can't do at the moment because we're on lockdown but um that's fine um so yeah I kind of picked up these skills along the way and combined I guess like at the peak of of all of this that it's led me to now um for now anyway is my book (laughs) yay 
So that so, is yeah. so exciting. Oh, wait, let me let me show you. Let me show off. <laughs> I do have it here on Audible, everyone. It's also for those who are not big readers like myself, but who loves to listen. It's a four hours and 17 minutes. I mean, we can all do that. We all have that time now. So if you think like you don't have time for a to read books, you can listen. I mean, you can yeah. do gardening, whatever it is, whilst listening to this. This is, is brilliant. So yeah. So all of this, and you also had time to write a book. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was tough. I actually loved um, recording the audible version because I got a chance to actually read it all in one go. It took me, it's so funny. You said it took it's four hours. That took me two days to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I think the audible books, um, the audible version is nice because there's lots of meditations in there. So I think it's nice to kind of listen to a meditation. So yeah, I kind of thought that. I kind of brought together and that's what's in my book. So congratulations. It's super exciting. And, and it came out quite recently. Yeah. Just oh. um, last month in, in yes. March. That's before oh, wow. lockdown. So. I mean, so, yeah. that might have been a really good time because more people are at home reading this ex- ex- extra, um, extra orders going out of Amazon right now. Yeah. So hopefully your book will be flying off the shelves eventually when people, <laughs> when people can go to the actual bookstores. How yeah. exciting. So tell us a little bit about the book. So what's in the book? Obviously it combines, you know, are, will you help people take them through meditations in there as well as like in the audible? Um, so, Cause a lot of people, we, we talk about, you know that, but we talk a lot about mindfulness and the importance of connecting and yoga and all that stuff through, through our um, one year to be a challenge just in general, you know, we believe in the living the life better and yeah. having, implementing all these healthy ways of living and mindfulness is, is part of them and a lot of people who especially in the beginning of their alcohol free journey they get a little bit like oh this mindfulness is some it's so fluffy it's like oh it's too much they just think oh it's fluffy i don't know i i, can't, I don't really understand so you who are so deeply into it could you could you just what is a what is a simpler the easiest way to get to people get through to people who, who are not really sure about mindfulness? Like what what really is it? And I love, uh, yeah, I love this question. This is why I wanted to become a mindfulness teacher because I've I've read more than anyone probably on mindfulness, and in the media it's presented as some as being in the moment, and that's so limited. Like being in the moment, yeah, it's great because it stops us from worrying about the future which we all do, you know, we're constantly, oh, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen with lockdown? You know, and we're just stuck in that kind of drama and suffering it causes us. And we can also be stuck in the past. Oh, if only I'd done this differently. If only I'd did it like that. If only this person hadn't have said this. So being in the moment allows us to kind of escape the, the kind of suffering that we find in the present, in the future, in the past and enjoy the now. And that's really important. It is really important, but it's limited because you know, that's all it gives us. For me, the truth of mindfulness is that is that being in the now is a practice. It's a practice to allow ourselves to start being in the now and noticing. The magic of mindfulness is noticing with curiosity and without judgment, with kindness, noticing what's happening. And we start, you know, if any of us have tried mindfulness, we'll, we'll often start doing that outside of ourselves because it's much easier mm. to notice what's going on outside of ourselves than inside. Because often inside, there's a lot of turbulence and fluctuations of the mind, some chatter in the mind going on. 
So we practice being outside because it's easier to do that. Once we've mastered that, then we can begin to look inside. And that is where everything starts to change. And it's so exciting. You start to see and feel how different things are for you. You start responding rather than reacting. You start to be able to take a breath and not get caught up in the drama. And you can just start to observe it and go, hmm, that's interesting. My mind wants to, my mind started thinking about this. And actually, that makes me feel awful. So I'm just going to stay here for a moment, you know. That goes on to allow us to start to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to others. It allows us to accept. And for me, that's what mindfulness is. If we can, if we imagine if we could accept the things that are happening to us, because we can't control them. And what's going on at the moment is, you know, is really proving to us that we cannot control everything that's going on in life. We like to try, but it's very, very difficult to, and we're not going to be able to. So if we live our lives trying to control everything, we're going to suffer. But if we can start to live our lives and try to start accepting what's happening to us, life becomes so much more peaceful. It stops doing this. Mm-hmm. It just starts to do this. We, one um, lovely analogy that I love is kind of, we're often, you know, riding stormy sea, the stormy seas of life in a tiny little dinghy and feeling every smash and wave, every single thing that happens affects us greatly. We might fall out of the dinghy or get bruised or whatever. Mindfulness allows us to step off of the dinghy and get onto a beautiful large catamaran that's just like cruising across the waves. And yes, the, the waves are still there. And yes, we might feel the odd one or two, but we just can cruise through life a little bit more peacefully and with a bit more serenity. And yeah, it just allows us, it gives us these gifts of kindness and acceptance. And yeah, curiosity is, you know, there's some keys to get there. Noticing curiosity, kindness is there. But yeah, when you when you compare that to just being in the moment, you know, yeah. it's... Yeah, I think that, that, is, that is a much better explanation to it than, than just, oh, being in the moment. And it's like, okay, right, what am I feeling at all? It, rather than you end up still fighting everything that you can, you're carrying with you. But I think yeah. what you said there, head the nail on the head, what we always say is that be kind to yourself, be kind to, and look upon whatever is going on with you and go, okay, it's okay to feel this way, you know, and, and be curious with it. Because at the end of the day, like you say, you can't control anything. You know, you have to almost accept what's going on, make your decisions around it. But the more you yeah. fight, the more turbulence you live in, basically. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to negative emotions, no matter what's going on in life, it doesn't matter Mm. what the situation is. If we've got negative emotions, our natural reaction is to is to try and push that away. We don't like negative emotions. They, you know, they're not comfortable. Mm. We push away, but pushing them away, it often just makes them scream louder, you know. And Mm. so and so if we can start to find a different way to deal with and react to and respond to really those yeah. negative emotions, we can start to get a different relationship with them. And often by turning to them with kindness and saying exactly what you just said then, Jen, hmm. allowing ourselves to feel that way. We so often don't do that, you know, and that's so hmm. unkind of ourselves. It's the, the emotion is there. And if we allow ourselves not to wallow in it and not to, you know, hold on to it and grasp onto a negative emotion but just allowing it to be there and maybe putting an arm around it and saying you know it's okay often it stops being so loud and we can pass through it a lot quicker and for me with what's going on at the moment that's definitely been something I've had to remind myself of you know it's been it's been very um anxiety provoking and you know things are happening all the time and it's okay to feel 
scared and it's okay to yeah. feel upset and grieve what we're, what we're losing whether that's a job or a, a person and you know it's okay to feel how we're feeling and turn to that feeling with kindness because and then often yeah they will move through them a lot with a lot more ease yeah I think what you said you said that also um the whole thing about not wanting to be negative or, or feel negative and I think that's something that could also be a little bit uh, deeply ingrained of the way that we've been um, raised or the way we've lived our life is being told that, oh, don't be negative. Oh, you're so yeah. negative. It's okay. And almost like shaming, you know, you end up feeling shame. So then when you feel these negative emotions, you might go like, oh, no, 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 it's not right. You know, we're not supposed to feel negative. We're not supposed to have, you know, always supposed to have this facade of our happiness and all that. So you carry that and slowly you put these little unhappy stones on a little pile that pile grows right before you know it it implodes so I guess and this comes down to also with it alcohol always being told like this is how we this is how we celebrate this is how we commiserate this is how we grieve that's just the way we do it you're not drinking you are weird because this is not the way we you know this is the way um and so a lot of that comes with with everything that we live our lives that we are living our everyday lives as we've been taught and as we've been told on kind of an autopilot. So I guess take the mindfulness is just allowing yourself to slow down and go, no, actually, how Mm -hmm. am I feeling about this? Okay. um, And make assessments in that way. So mindfulness, once you get really give it a chance and get into it is a beautiful thing, but it's not necessarily what people say it is and so when people go oh just be in the now oh people get really annoyed with it I would too because sometimes it does when you're really upset about something (laughs) you don't want to be in the now what you really should be doing is understanding what is going on instead exactly yeah yeah and that's what you know what I really tried to do in my book I tried to use you know applied mindfulness so that is mindful awareness and attention to do exactly what you just said there which is how do I feel about this and so I've worked through um, five different areas of life. So um, food, movement and exercise um, and, bo- and body, how we feel in our body, space, um, ritual and routine. So kind of the habits and the way that we go to bed and stuff. And then the mind, so the way that we think. And, you know, alcohol fell into a f- quite a few of those categories for me, really. But I mean, all of them, really, because, you know, you've got, um, obviously, it is something that we ingest. So it's, you've got the nutrition side of it you've got how it affects your body and how it makes you feel how it affects you kind of exercising and stuff um you've got space and that includes all of the people around you and and you know the kind of social pressures of it you've got um the ritual side of it is massive I think I think that's actually where I put it in the book um and then mind so all of the kind of mental chatter about what's going on you know I want I want the alcohol why do you want the alcohol you know all of that stuff and and so what I've tried to do in my book is without saying be in the now, <laughs> help us move through these different areas, whether it's alcohol or, you know, um, junk food or exercise, whatever it is, or, you know, just the space that we're working in. I think we're all working from home at the moment. We're kind of saying actually it really, you know, if my room is a tip, <laughs> for example, and I've got my clothes all over my bed, I can't really quite concentrate. So, you know, there's lots, lots going on in our lives. So we can say, well, actually, how does that make me feel? So how does, um, how does eating a massive slice of chocolate cake just before bed make me feel? Mm. Yes, my mind might want it, but, you know, does it, it will probably make me feel guilty afterwards. 
Um, it makes me feel sluggish in my body. And and actually, that's not what I believe in. I don't believe in eating junk food right before yeah. bed because I love my body and I care about myself. Yeah. So, you know, so it's kind of looking at mindfully, mindfully looking at how we feel on a holistic level. So that's body, mind, and heart in anything that we do. And alcohol, obviously, for me was especially while I was writing this book was a really big one for me. And it's wealth. I call that wealthfulness, that idea of kind of looking at how something makes in body, heart and mind. And I applied wellfulness to alcohol in such a deep, deep, deep way, really deeply kind of questioning and questing almost, you know, with curiosity. How does this make me feel in a deep way? So not just like surface level, it makes me feel relaxed, you know, what mm-hmm. else is there? You know, because there's always something else. What else is such a great question to ask? You know, if you're if you're just starting on mindfulness or even, you know, with alcohol and, and asking, well, why do I want to give up alcohol? You know, there'll be a surface level question and then say, and what else? You know, what else is there? Um, and often so many interesting um, answers will kind of like bubble up from your subconscious. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, coming back to what you said about kindness, you know, and this like negative thing, especially with like, but with um, alcohol, we often judge a lot. You know, we judge ourselves. We think that others are judging us. I felt. I mean, I think I'd love to talk about that with you. Like judgment and giving. Oh yeah, was such a big thing for me. Um, one thing that I was really worried about, and I really again like really used wellfulness to to inquire into this and be like, what is going on here? I really worried. I didn't have. I, I didn't really drink a lot during the week, but I would go to weddings and I'd quite enjoy getting drunk. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I was, you know, pouring vodka on my cornflakes or anything. But when I gave up alcohol, I really worried that people would think that I had, I was an alcoholic, which is, you know, which is really, I think just really fascinating because I, I kind of, I don't know, it's very interesting. You kind of, I think when you, when you go through something as life-changing as giving up alcohol, you, you've got your own stuff going on and then you can also be kind of um, have others reflect their stuff that's going on with them and they might have a reaction to what you're doing and kind of like reflect that back onto you and then you've got to deal with that as well. So, so yeah, I think when stuff like that's going on, it's really good to have mindfulness as a kind of tool there to help you just like take a breath and be like, okay, right, is that my stuff? What, what out of this situation is my stuff? What's their stuff? How is their stuff making me feel? What am I going to do with that? Can I apply some kindness? Can I, you know, can I apply some compassion to them and yeah. understand that they've got some stuff going on there that has got nothing to do with me? So, so yeah, mindfulness just has so many rich tools within it. Um, coming back to being in the moment, you have to be in the moment to ask yourself how, how you feel. So that's where it all begins, really. But I think, I think it's been misrepresented in the media, to be honest as to exactly yeah. what this is. It's a lot so, deeper than... No, 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 I, no I, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And that's why it's so lovely because it, it, we talk, we bang on about it so much and a lot of people have this, well, oh, you know, what does it mean? You know, so the, it's great that we're going through this. But I'm going to pick up on what you said there about the judgment. Yes, let's talk about judgment because yeah. there is a lot of judgment but there is also a lot of judgment for us. And sometimes we put that on other people. Um, but but if you can if you can look upon it, there is always going to be some some tool who is like, oh, you're no fun. And the, a, the 
they've got a lot going on. You're probably yeah. making them uncomfortable because they know they might be drinking a bit too much and you're making them uncomfortable because you're doing something that probably they know they should do and stuff. So if we can look upon and love on these people and go, okay, instead of feeling attacked or embarrassed or something, if we can just take that opportunity and go like, just quickly go into yourself because all the mindfulness that you've been practicing at this point will all come to play and go, there's something going on in that person's life. And that is why they're acting this way. That's okay. That's okay. I know my truth. I know why I'm here. Uh-huh. But for you then, so you said in the beginning, you were like, you were a bit worried. You're like, oh, you know, what are, how people are going to perceive me? Or, you know, um, do you think that would come? Because often when people say, oh, I don't drink, they go, why, why did you stop drinking? Did you have a problem? And people don't understand that often you don't have to have a problem with alcohol for it to be causing problems in your life and your health. I love that phrase. I've never heard anyone put it like that. I think that so you don't have to have a problem with alcohol for it to be causing problems I think that's so true I think when I gave up you know it's very I think people feel there's a few things going on when you give up alcohol or whatever you know junk food or sugar or whatever it is or start doing something that's difficult like running people might feel judged themselves because what you're doing is something that as you say they might think I could never do that or I think I've thought about doing that, but I don't think I could, you know? So you often can experience judgment from other people, but you can also put your own judgments onto other people. So I, I think I've definitely mm-hmm. done that where I've almost assumed that someone's going to judge me or that they are judging me and, and kind of tried to downplay it, you know, how much it, you know, oh no, I, I just don't really want to drink tonight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um rather than just kind of owning it. Uh, definitely in the beginning, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to invite anyone else's opinions on it. I wanted to, yeah. for it to be mine. So I think in that sense, it was a, a healthy thing because I wanted to just experience it by, by myself and prove to myself that I could do it without kind of going around telling everyone. I didn't feel the need for that. But ultimately, no. I'm, you know, if, 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 you, if you give out for long enough, people are going to start to notice. And, and then I started to, find a bit more confidence with it and I felt that I could tell people and not not be kind of moved by what they said but I, I had a couple of situations especially writing for one you know beer where I would share it because I was really passionate you know about what I was discovering um, yeah. and what I was finding and I, I couldn't I kind of couldn't believe it I was like almost like oh my god guys like you know what are we doing we should all be doing this this feels amazing <laughs> I in the morning. you don't have a hangover you can up and go for a run it feels great you know um so I kind of wanted to share it with everyone and I remember someone um writing on a Facebook post that I posted saying and you can't tell people not to drink alcohol that's just really irresponsible you know some people don't have a problem with it and you just like really shouldn't and I was really shocked because it was right at the beginning of it and I I'd written about my personal experience it wasn't a and I'm very careful to do this you know it I never write about anything saying you should do this. I know, I know. I'm not the guru. I'm not the, you know, we can all, we can train in things, but you know, I've trained in my yoga teacher training. I will never be, you know, the best. None of us will. And anyone who tells you that they are the best person at yoga or the best. Stay away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Run the other way. Yeah. You can't with these things that, you know, when it comes to mindfulness and yoga and, you know, giving up alcohol and stuff, these are personal journeys and you can, 
you can share what you've learned along the way, but you're not the person to tell people how they should do things. You can just share your experience and kind of be the light. And I've been very, very careful, you know, ever since writing for psychologies to, to do that. So I've just been writing about my own personal experience and what I discovered. But for this person, it obviously triggered something deep within them. And I was, you know, initially a bit upset that she kind of made this so public. And I think, why would you, why would you write that, you know, for everyone to see um but you know mindfulness that she kind of you can have that reaction and like internally and then okay well and then you look at that and you go oh that was weird that little reaction you know I've obviously had like a kind of ego reaction oh how, how dare she and then respond to it and I think the only thing you can do when you experience that kind of judgment is respond with compassion and you know if you get caught up in it uh, within that kind of like ego reaction to it you're just going to cause yourself suffering you know you just ruminate on it and kind of put layers on top of it whereas it's like when anyone's mean to us it's not really about us it's about it's about them and what they're going through and so I just thought oh god I feel really sad that she has had this she's had the reaction to this post because that's not what I what I intended um and yes you know if if you if you feel strongly about enough about that to write about it in public then there's obviously something deep going on and yeah I I was a bit worried for her and and you know just sent her some energetic love or whatever you know compassion basically and and then that's that lets you let go of it and move forward Mm. I think that you know it's we I found with my journey there's been ups and downs there's been times where I'm like wow this is amazing I'm never gonna have yeah and then other times where I felt oh god I'm so boring (laughs) yeah just little moments we go through moments and that's one thing for all the listeners to really take in is it's okay to feel that way. We cannot feel just because you quit alcohol and you start living healthy, your organs are thanking you, your life, you know, everything is going great. You're still going to have rubbish days where you have you have all the emotions and you know, it's okay. It's okay. Just remember your end goal and what you're really doing. And then embrace these days and go like, you know what? It's one of these days. I'm I'm feeling boring and it's okay to say it out loud. But be conscious about it, mindfulness and all like it's cool, it's cool. I'm living, I'm living this out. Because if you don't, you're gonna start doubting everything. You know, it comes in. But interesting what you said, you know, about that person commenting. There's very few things or very few subjects that triggers people like the subject of alcohol and not drinking alcohol um it's amazing it's almost like poking a bear isn't it it's, it's amazing how out of nowhere people can just like come at you you know obviously insecurities and stuff but it's amazing have, have you ever come across anything you know we tried to live mindful and calm but have you found any other subject that agitates people quite as much as alcohol <laughs> oh yeah there's another one right yes yeah because you know they're they're things that I think when it comes to kind of freedom one of the only I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this but one of the only things that we control when the world is crumbling around us not well if we have global warming if we have climate change and, and that happens then we won't be able to control this but basically you know if we if we get made redundant or our partner leaves us or whatever happens the thing that we can control is food 
and you know it's a it's something that we're kind of doing every single day it's widely available we can we can have a lot of choice when it comes to what we eat and drink and I think you know a lot, a lot of people will when they're going through tough times in their lives might either stop eating or um you know you see people my husband he won't mind me saying this but he had a, a really bad skin condition a few years ago and he started to you know cut out dairy and cut out gluten and cut, cut out all of these things to try and fix his skin I mean it was awful it's like kind of his whole face was in a rash for months on end but um he kind of got caught up in controlling trying to control mm-hmm. the situation through through food and so yeah I think I think we have quite um emotional attachments to food um mm. when it control and stuff and, and when we perceive that someone is kind of saying that we shouldn't be eating or dr- or drinking something that we find in, you know enjoyment from we can get very very kind of territorial almost yeah you get people saying you can't tell me what I could what to eat you can't tell me what to drink yeah like, no that's true that's a good oh, way yeah. of seeing it that, that that's I've never really put them two together because it's a very good point I'm not a vegan but I'm, I'm a vegetarian um mostly vegan I mean I, I just have a thing I can't give up cheese completely <laughs> it's, it's one of those things <laughs> cheese and eggs because I train so much I need my protein yeah. I have the occasional fish but it, otherwise it, I um you know vegetarian um and um yeah, and that, even that rubs people the wrong way. They're like, oh, you know, vegetarian. But then often the, com- the follow-on comment, oh, you're not going to be, become a vegan, are you? I'm like, well, I'm like, I think I'm, I'm I think I, I'm not, I don't think I'm um, too as uh, disciplined for that because I like honey and you're not allowed to have honey, all that stuff, you know. So I'm like, and, and I'm not doing it to prove a point. I'm, I'm not eating meat for my health purposes. You know, I feel better without it and stuff. So, but you always find that you have to defend it. Um, yeah. And so, so I, I, I can totally relate to what you're saying there, but I never really made the connection because you're right. Vegans do get, and vegetarians get a tough time from people and um, with the alcohol and it all relates to that people control. Never seen it that Ali. You blow my mind now. I, I loved in part. I loved in podcast because I learned so much yeah. and that connection I have never made. So thank you for that. That is. You're right. The discipline is the thing as well because you know it's control it's taking away control and fruit through freedom but also asking people to put discipline on themselves and it's difficult it's really hard so you know why why should I give up something that I enjoy that's really difficult to give up people don't want to yeah. do it do they? and they, if they think that you're trying to take that away from them then they're going to get yeah. Well, they can get a bit. Yeah, of course. But also, much like you, because I know um, that you you now drink on special, much like me, I drink on special occasion, which is which is very rare. But um, uh, but but that's again, we are not telling people to quit drinking for life. A lot of our members choose to go that path once they you know they just feel good and then they feel well I don't trust myself to go back why would I want to be go back and that's pretty much where I, I had to go I I did one year nowhere myself you know because I was like well I've had two kids you know I didn't you know I didn't drink during that time so I've had these breaks but after each kid I was like can't wait to drink Prosecco um, <laughs> but but then but then I you know I I, I ended up actually doing one year no beer because I was like well what everyone seemed I, I remember reading all the amazing um, testimonials and hearing what people, you know, th- they were thriving. I was like, maybe there's something in there for me as well. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started my path. The next thing I found, you know, 
sports and, you know, makes, you know, I've gone on a completely different path. So I'm genuinely not interested anymore. Like I don't, I, I never feel like, oh, it's Friday, you know, none of that is gone and it's the nicest feeling. But then at a wedding, I might, I might toast with a glass of, of bubbly or at someone's birthday, but, but it's not something that consumes, I used to focus on completely around that whole party party the party element of it and it was exhausting so what we're not we're not telling people to we're telling people to try it have a little break and so that's pretty much where you are you 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 had your break and then you feel now you've you're on this happy wealthfulness mindful path where you are just in full control and rocking life basically I just feel for me there's three and in life basically which is why I wrote the book the book about this but there's three I want to live my life holistically I believe that if we can live a holistic life we live an authentic one to our needs and also yeah to like our physical needs and and also our kind of emotional and needs and our hearts needs so that would be our values and so for me alcohol does not tick any of those boxes it doesn't support me or serve me in my body, my mind, or my heart. And I think obviously, you know, the body's an easy one. It makes us feel like crap the next day. It literally to, I mean, I've learned so much about alcohol since writing for one, you know, beer. But one of the things I, you know, wrote about the other day was how when we metabolize alcohol, um, the body has to form um, a poisonous substance in, in order to get the alcohol out. So we can only, um, we can only, I can't remember the, I think it's, what was it? It's like a certain 13 milligrams of alcohol per hour or something. So literally that's the only amount you can get rid out of your body per hour because we literally can't do any more because that amount of poisonous substance would, would overwhelm our bodies. And mm. So just getting rid of the alcohol from our system creates poison in our body. That isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what way no. you think yeah. it. That's not good. And it, and we can feel that. It feels horrible. We, you know, I was getting awful hangovers and the older I was getting, the worse they were getting. So I knew it didn't support me in my body. In my mind, I would wake up and have the most anxious feelings, you know, that beer fear. Um, you know, yeah. fear. But that's just, I mean, nothing, no amount of fun the night before, you know, was, was making up for that the next day that, you know, that kind of like happiness debt. Yeah. Yeah. So anxious the next day. And then, you know, it's just, it writes off your next day. I wasn't happy the next day. So you've got the anxiety, you've got like a ruined day the next day. That didn't work for me in terms of mental health or kind of, you know, just life and enjoying. But the biggest thing for me has been value. So in terms of heart, so like that you've got body, mind, and then the final kind of piece of the wheel is heart. And for me, that's all about, um, firstly, what makes you happy. So, yeah, you could argue getting drunk makes you feel really happy. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give yeah. you that. But yeah. in terms of values, it just doesn't align with who I want to be. I don't want to be that person making a tit of myself at a party, which I know I was doing, you know. Um mm. And we all do it and no one probably notices because we're all doing it. But I'm sober at parties. I just think, oh God, like, was that me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, surely. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, I couldn't have yeah. I am, you know, it's just not who I am. And so, no. you know, it's not who I want to be. I want to put kindness out there. I want to 
I want to, you know, do good things and I want to put positivity out there and teach and learn and share and like my love and, you know, kindness for me is a thing that I uphold on the greatest level. And, you know, I don't think that we, I don't think we put kindness as a, as a priority when we're drunk. I definitely didn't. There was one fascinating thing at this wedding that happened, the first wedding, and it's, one of the things that stuck with me forever. One of my friends had the highest pair of stilettos on, like really, you know, those really tiny heels. And she trod on another girl's foot with her stiletto and it almost made a hole in her foot. It was bleeding everywhere. The bruising came up straight away and she screamed. And everyone was like, oh, oh no. Ran off and got some ice or whatever. And within 30 seconds, she was left. Because everyone's getting on with their night. Everyone, oh, yeah. everyone puts their own joy and fun in that yeah. moment in you you know, as a priority. And she was just left there and I just saw it all and was like, this isn't yeah. kind, you know? Um, you could literally and, lie there dying on the ground and people will still like dance around you and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I know, you know they were my friends and I love them and I know that they wouldn't have, have acted like that. I mean, they weren't horrible, obviously, but... I know they would have no. paid a lot more care and attention if they weren't drunk. And that really stuck with me. So, so yeah, for me, it's been, you know, really yep. asking into how, you know, how does this make me feel in my body? How does it make me feel in my mind? How does it make me feel in my heart? And if it doesn't serve me and support me, then why am I doing mm. it? And that is, that's mm. what it looks about. And, you know, you could apply it to so many things that we do. Um, but yeah. really, I mean, I've, I applied it to running. I hate running. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes my knees hurt. I'm bored in my mind. I want to give up. <laughs> and I don't find it fun in my heart. So why am I doing it? Yeah. It's as easy as that. Let it go. Go and do something mm-hmm. that you love, that makes you yeah. great, that works for you. You know, so yoga makes me feel fit. Makes change, it's changed my body. I enjoy it. Makes, I'm interested in it, you know. But with alcohol... Find what, make, find, find what makes you tick, basically. Exactly. With alcohol, it does... Yeah. It's, so clear for me that it doesn't yeah. in any in any way on a holistic level. So after I kind of discovered that, it's been a no-brainer. And I love to have it with you, you know, I'm moving house in a couple of weeks and I've been waiting for a year and a half to to find it living with my parents. So I'm, you know, at the age of 33 with my husband, it's not been <laughs> um the ideal, although I've I mm. miss it very much. I just I realized over the past couple of days. But you know, when, when we yeah. move in, I'm gonna share a, I've got a small bottle of Lanson in the fridge. Pop it. I'm going to share half, you know, a, a small yeah. glass of champagne each. And that would be lovely because it's marking the occasion. Yeah. But it's not for the getting drunk. And for me, that's... No. You know? It's a ritual of it. And that's a beautiful way to see it. It's, it's just, you know, it do, when, just the whole thing of like, it doesn't control it control you. It doesn't mean anything other than celebrating in the moment in the way that you've known before. But yeah. it, it it starts and ends there. It doesn't mean anything else. And that's the beauty. And that is what we wish for all of our members, you know, and that's most of our members get to that point. And what that's what we wish for for anyone who kind of take up our challenge. And we want them to know that because it can be so hard in the beginning on on the challenge. It feels quite unobtainable, unobtainable, a Swedish 
the end of the day, my English is terrible. Um, but it might feel so, so far-fetched that you're ever actually going to get there, but you will. It's just about applying all of these tools that we we guide you guys towards and, and, and you will come to this very beautiful place where yeah. it doesn't mean anything other than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, you beautiful ladies, for sharing this. I feel so zen right now. Uh, I feel like I want to go do yoga. <laughs> so you're, you're inspiring me. Thank you so much. And um, I would love to revisit with you um, with the podcast um, in a couple of months, maybe to see how you got on with your book and how you've got on with your mindful um, teacher and all that. Um, jazz so so that would be great but thank you so much I think on, on behalf of all of OMB thank you for all your writing that you do for us and um, for it. being a, a lovely addition to the One Unibia family thank you all you listeners thanks for listening in this is Ali Rafara and look up her book The Wellfulness Project Amazon mm-hmm. right now alright Ali thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it take care bye bye if you'd like to know more about Ali, you can go to her website at aliroff.com. You can also find her on Instagram under Ali Roth. She's got a brilliant podcast called The Wealthfulness Podcast. And then there's her book, of course, The Wealthfulness Project, which you can find at Amazon or other book retailers. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One year no beer.com.